This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast channel. My name is Kayla, and today's interview is a little different because I'm actually recording this on Zoom, and I decided that I wanted to do a live podcast recording, and I've never done this before, so we're going to see how the conversation goes. But today, I wanted to dive in specifically to what I've learned in the last four years of my business. So back in 2019 is when I started my business. We're in early 2023. And there's sort of six realizations that I wanted to talk about because I think that these have been some of the biggest lessons that I've learned. And I think that it can really be wisdom that can support other entrepreneurs because a lot of what I see with other entrepreneurs who are still growing in their business, and I'm not saying that I'm not growing because I feel like I'm still growing. I've been growing the whole time and it's growing pains at time is that we don't trust ourselves and we judge our journey. And so me having the life's work of 36 and like having that gift of humanity and that compassion is something that is so natural to me. And it's it just naturally also want to share it. So I'm going to be diving into this and there might be times where somebody might drop some questions in the chat or people are just going to listen on in this conversation on Zoom, but I'm going to have some interactive aspects where I might just talk the whole time and answer all the questions and that's how we're going to go. So the first thing I want to talk about, the first sort of realization slash line of prompt that I have is I want to talk about how the online coaching space was big and shiny when I showed up in 2019. So what that means for me is that the first time I ever experienced coaching was in real life. It was not online. It was back in 2014, I'd started doing personal development courses through Landmark Worldwide. And I personally, at this point, I just as a side note, I have my own shifted opinion about my experience with them now, having been so deep into the personal development work. But that's what got me started with coaching. And it was being in person. It was getting coaching from people who've gone through those personal development courses, like really being seen and witnessed and being able to feel supported through whatever it was that I was dealing with in my life. And I thought, oh my God, I love this. Like I love being asked powerful questions. I love bringing out the best in people. Like it was, it was from the bottom of my heart, something that really lit me up, like the art of coaching. And so in 2019, Between 2014 to 2019, I became a teacher. I was a personal trainer. I worked with people, you know, especially with teaching and personal training, there was this kind of life coaching aspect where with my students, it was like, you know, what, what are you going to do when you leave high school? Like, how are you going to apply to university? How can you, you know, work on your relationships and communication? And I did sex ed, like it was a lot of life important things for people to know. I moved into personal training, my fitness background of rugby and having a bachelor of education in physical education and French, like these things led me down this path of like, I love health and fitness and I love coaching people around this, got into personal training. And then I realized that I actually really just wanted to focus on mindset coaching. And that to me was being able to support people because I noticed like people who were thriving in their health and fitness and I was personal training, they were able to really 
focus on their mindset and what it is that they believe in in terms of themselves. And so in 2019, I was like, hey, screw this. I want to move into the online space and I want to be a coach. I want to start a coaching business. So I get into the online space and all of a sudden it's like 10K months, leave your nine to five. Like it just, in my mind, the metaphor is literally walking down the strip in Las Vegas and like no shame to Las Vegas, like bless Las Vegas had great times there, but it's like, you're walking down and it's like this child of wonder, like awestruck, like, oh my God, like I can become a millionaire. Like I can barely do any work and make all this money. And it was just, I was literally being groomed and I started to pick up on certain behaviors and certain marketing tactics and like my awareness of inclusivity and accessibility like was just it was just like dripping in white privilege and I couldn't see it because I am a privileged white woman and so I came into the industry and it was like okay, amazing. Like I'm going to grow this coaching business. And if I just do this, this, and this, then I'm going to have what it is that I want. And I can leave my nine to five and work from anywhere in the world. And it just, I really bought into this narrative. And I think that there's a fine line between me being personally responsible for believing in that, but then also the behaviors in the industry, there's an opportunity to change them. And I feel like this is something that's really been happening in the last two years. Like, thank goodness, because I feel like the humanity in the industry is, is coming back. And so I lost that connection to the art of coaching that I had experienced in 2014 because I was so focused on, okay, I need this business to work because I need to pay my bills and I need to like be successful and I I need to, to do all these things. And it's really funny because I keep saying I need, I need, I need. And from a human design lens, my motivation is fear. The transferred motivation is need. So the just to like human design tangent for a second. I'm a one line when it comes to motivation, which is fear. So for me, I'm motivated by the unknown, but it's from a place of curiosity. It's like, oh, well, how can I figure this out? Whereas the transferred motivation is what demotivates you or what triggers you or like knocks you out of your not self theme. So those first couple of years, I was very much in like, oh, I need this to work. This needs to happen. And energetically, somebody who has need motivation their way of approaching the world and being able to see like, oh, this is what I need and getting really specific and creating that safety and security when they're in sitting in fear of uncertainty, that's when they're demotivated. So that that was just like a side piece. So now once I, obviously, once I learned human design, I'm able to look back and be like, oh, that's why I was behaving that way. And I appreciate you sharing that, Melanie, with you also having Yeah. So for example, Melanie has need motivation and I have fear. So I actually literally, okay, total side tangent here, but I'll come back to it because I have notes in front of me. This is what happens when you're an open throat center. My client that I'm working with right now, she's need motivation and I'm fear. And it's so interesting because we literally just had a conversation today, how the four line and the one line. So for the fourth color, I should say of need is, is harmonious with the one line. And so for her, when she comes to me and let's say she's in that fear and I'm like, oh, here's, here's the things. And me as a one line, that investigative energy, I'm like, here's the things. And then I give her what she needs. And so we've really noticed literally today that we complement each other with this one in four line, even though we have the opposite motivation, which I thought was like super fascinating. So anyways, back to the tangent of the big shiny things in 2019. 
I really bought into the narrative of, oh, I can scale to six figures in a year. And that's what I need to do if I want to be successful. And if I'm anything less than that, then it's not good. And if I'm still working a nine to five, then I'm not a successful entrepreneur. Like there was a lot of a bullshit that I bought into. And one of the second realizations that I, that I had tapped into in the last four years was I want to talk about the hard sells that I bought into regarding income and numbers. And I feel like my world has really shattered lately in the most humbling way possible, where I really started to wake up to like seeing all these numbers like, oh, six figure months, you know, seven, eight figure years, like all these numbers being shown online. And I'm not here to shame anyone who desires money. But when I start looking at this content and I'm not seeing like, well, who are the people that you're helping? Like, what is the actual transformation that they've had aside from the money that your clients made? Like, what is really happening? Like, where where is the art of coaching? And so it's really interesting because now I feel like I've been so desensitized that somebody could tell me that they made $10 million in a month and I'd be like, okay, <laughs> like, congratulations. I don't even, I can't even be surprised anymore. Like, this is just... This, this just seems to be normal in this industry. And it's so funny because I can look back to when I was sharing with my fiance, when we're talking about numbers in the industry and I'm like, oh yeah, like this person made 20 grand this month and this person just hit a million. And he's looking at me and he's like, what? Like people are just talking about how much money they're making. Like you would never do that. And he works in the finance industry. And he's like, you, like people would never talk about how much money they're making. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a normal thing. Like everyone talks about how much money they're making. And there's just like this massive pressure around money because then it's like, well, if you didn't have money, then who are you? That's what was going on in my head. And, and so I remember it took me over. So I've been in my business four years. It took me like three and a half years to have my first five figure month. And it's funny because when that happened, I was not excited about the money. I was so righteous about like sharing my story and being like, it's not the cat's ass. Like, I'm not trying to diminish making $10,000 in a month, but I was like, it's so unbelievable how this is so amplified. Like it's the end all be all. And that this means that you've made it because what happened then was I made just over 10 grand. The next month was like 15. And then after that, I completely dropped again. And so then the other narrative, the hard sells that I bought into is that once you hit five figure months, then it's just going to continue going up and up and up. And there was a lack of transparency in terms of people actually hitting their goals and being really open and honest about, yeah, there's ebbs and flows because what I was seeing was like, oh, once you hit certain milestones, then you're safe, then you're good. You've made it. You're successful. The clients will roll in, you'll get all this money and so on. And so it's it this ties into the third realization that I had in terms of the toxic behaviors that I blindly chased in the industry embodied and then I've like released them in the sense that I'm really looking at that deconditioning and there is one of the big behaviors that I would see in the industry was like as a coach, like being righteous about this is how much my pricing is. This is like, do you want to work with me? This is how much you have to pay. And it was like high ticket, high ticket, like how much money could you make? And 
I realized that I used to be like that. And the funny thing is that I never actually had a lot of success with it. I have not had that many high ticket clients. A lot of, a lot of the income that I've generated is from smaller offers, like accumulation of smaller offers, doing a lot of one-on-one sessions. And so I'm actually really thankful that I'm, I've never been that person that's been like, I've made, you know, 30, 40, 50 grand or a hundred thousand dollars in six months. Like at least from the lens of riding on the backs of people and their wallets. Like that's something that I'm really grateful never happened, even though I feel like it took me quote so long to gain traction or be successful in my business. And so it was just when it came to the toxic behaviors that I learned to like dismantle were very much like being manipulative with marketing, like creating a lot of pressure around sales and having like hard timelines or like jacking up prices and, and, you know, using things like two spots left when maybe there was eight spots left. Like it's just the lying and the, the psychological sales toxic tactics that we see that people say like behaviorally, this is how people respond to making purchases. And for me, it was a lot of dismantling because obviously this is where compassion came in, even just for myself, where it was like, I'm seeing people that I think are successful doing these things. And so if I want to be successful, then that's what I need to do. And that was my just innocent thinking and assuming without actually realizing the harm that it causes and how it creates a lot of barriers to access. And so that was something that I really, I really sat with. And this is where I started dismantling things like, you know, doing free things like hosting a live recording where people can come in and ask questions or the bonuses that I include with my offers are not related to, you know, getting extra things, but maybe I do, I host a call again, so people can actually get face-to-face interaction, or it's an extended payment plan that has no markup fees. Because for me, my belief is as an entrepreneur and a business owner, the processing fees are a write-off. So it doesn't, in my mind, it doesn't make sense to charge a little bit more to cover the processing fees because then you're just charging more, but then the processing fees are being deducted from your taxes at the end of the year. So for me, it's like, okay, removing that. And, and also just being able to consider offers, it can be sliding scale or breaking things down into opportunities where people can purchase. And then that can be a coupon for something else that has, you know, a bigger amplified version of support with that offer. So it's really been interesting to look at privilege, being able to look at where I adopted certain behaviors that are very selfish and very rooted in scarcity rather than looking at, okay, how can I be more accessible while still meeting my own needs and supporting the entrepreneurs that I actually want to make an impact with. And so it, it, it was a hard pill to swallow to be like, in some ways I've been an asshole for a few years. But there's so much power in owning that and being like, I'm going to be different. These are specifically the actions that I'm taking. And I think that people can think for themselves. Imagine the people that they've worked with who maybe unfortunately are not as open-minded to making changes in terms of like refund policies or being more transparent with what their offer entails. And these are all things that just require more communication. And this actually leads me perfectly into the fourth realization that I have and that I've had is why transparency is most effective when it's consistent. And I think I I did a podcast interview the beginning of December. And in this podcast interview, 
I was sharing, we we're talking about why some people are not transparent. Or, you know, let's say somebody's had major success in their business and then everything's going to shit, but they're known for having success in their business. Like, how do you even address that? Like, how do you how do you share vulnerably? And why is it that people don't share vulnerably? And frankly, it's because people are afraid to look bad. People are afraid to be rejected or to be judged. And this is why some people are inconsistently transparent because they're more interested in maintaining an image rather than actually being open with communication, being honest with instead of maintaining an image, you're actually going to leave behind a legacy because of the honesty and the authenticity that cannot be replicated by anyone else but yourself because it's your story. And that takes a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of bravery and courageousness. And I think that this is one of the things that I am really grateful that I trained myself in the beginning to have more courage and to trust sharing my story and believing that what I was going to share, even if I had no clients at the time, even if I had debt, even if I just had a failed lunch, being super open and honest, like that was my fuel. That was my my like secret sauce to authentically connecting to people instead of just putting on a face and being strong through everything. And so it's it's the consistency. The reason why it's so important to be transparent consistently is because it creates trust. And when you have trust with the people that you're serving, that you want to serve with potential clients, with your audience, that creates a collaboration, a collaboration of people consuming your free content, sharing, possibly investing in your work, even just engaging in conversation, creating connections. There's literally, this is literally the epitome of prosperity. And so this is why I love being so transparent, even at, even if at times I like literally shit myself because it's like, okay, what if I get judged? What if I get rejected? But there's this quote, and I, I may or may not remember this properly off the top of my head, but it's like, I would rather be hated for who I am than judged for who I am not. That might be the quote, something like that. But the point of that is there's no, there's so much less energy needed to sustain a false image than to just remember the truth that you've spoken, because that is the most natural way of being self-expressed. And it's funny, because as I say that, it reminds me of, in my gene keys, my radiant sphere, which is your, it's an, your unconscious sign. So your unconscious side has to do with the body. Gene key 10 or gate 10 is found in the G center. It is known as the gate of behavior or self-love. And the city is self-obsession, which I feel like the lack of transparency. So that gate 10 reaches for gate 20 in the throat. So it's like, that is a going to be a self-expression, like who I'm being in the moment I'm expressing this. So that self-obsession is like, okay, what do I think about myself? What are other people going to think about me? And that's something that is can become like repetitive and cyclical, right? But then it's the realization of naturalness that it's actually natural to be self-obsessed because as human beings, we're living our life and we're constantly in our own mind and in our own thoughts. And that it's through that acceptance of like, okay, I can have this experience of being self-obsessed, but that's a natural experience. Then you can simply just be yourself. And this is really what ties into transparency. 
So for me, in order to feel that I am safe and secure in my body, especially looking at the 10, reaching for the 15, which is my purpose fear, and that that pathway of break, not breakthrough, pathway of, oh my God, it literally just slipped my mind. Pathway of core stability is what I'm trying to say. Being secure in my body and allowing myself to be transparent creates that core stability so that I can continue to show up and have a regulated nervous system so that I am not dragging myself and burning myself out because I'm being inauthentic. So this is why I believe that transparency is most effective when it's consistent, even if it scares the fucking shit out of you. And this is one of the biggest lessons that I've learned because I've literally told myself as a belief that transparency will literally be my reason for success. And it is the most authentic thing that I can do. And that is like me also having literally just a defined G center to the sacral. So the fifth realization that I've had is really actually before I dive into that, I want to check out the chat here because we have a couple things. So I'm desire motivation, but also on a four, six happy on the roof. So I feel a bit conflicted about being involved and also being really happy to be detached and observing. Yes. Actually, I'm going to take a minute. We're going to dive into this. The sixth line. I'm a six, two. And the sixth line, I, one of the things I love about the gene keys is actually how in human design, it's like, Hey, the sixth line, you're the teacher, you're the role model. And it kind of stops at that point. But the sixth line from a Gene Keys lens, when you read all of the flavors of the lines in every single sphere, the sixth line holds this, the shadowy side of it can be like this detached, judgmental, feeling alienated. And then also like having a vision, but not sure how it's going to come into play, really being able to see things differently and like not having people resonate. And then the, the, let's say in alignment expression is like being that leader being like, okay, we're on the roof. Like, this is the next thing. Like, can you see this? Right. And so there is this, there is this spacey detached energy that can come from the sixth line, but it really is about being able to self-reflect and like being able to ground oneself. So it's interesting because as I've talked through the first four realizations that I've had, I feel like as a sixth line, I've really noticed that in the last, I'd say year and a half, two years, this detachment from the industry and being like, okay, I really just want to do things differently. And I feel like for me, that's such a, that's such a six line on the roof, like moving away from the crowd because you need to like reflect and see the horizon and really see what's coming through. Okay. So, and next one here, I'm need as well for motivation, right? Isn't that so funny? Like maybe I just like attracted like the knees and the fears because we're on the same frequency. I so agree with you with such a breath of fresh air with the paradigm shift. Yes. Focusing more on helping others than just the money, FOMO, et cetera. So I entered the coaching industry too in 2019 and things just didn't feel right. I always didn't feel right. Always when I just wanted to help others and maintain that. So, so glad to see all the amazing changes lately in the coaching industry. Yes. Cool. I'm really glad that you appreciate my transparency and like, I'm going to keep being transparent. I think it's so important. And just like taking responsibility for the moments that we realize that we're not being transparent. Another six two, Melanie, we always resonate. Love it. Okay. So I will continue to dive into the realizations. I just wanted to pause because I saw some things to respond to and I got excited. So realization number five, 
Success is subjective and so is the quote time to get there related to it. So if you think about it, and I guess I'm kind of diving back into the first few realizations that I had when I talk about money and so on, but there has not been enough people in the industry. And again, this takes real courage because it's not mainstream who have literally just owned where they're at and declared that they were successful, whether they had one client, 10, or they've had one successful launch and eight failed. It's always like everything needs to be going really well all the time. And unless you're growing or you're making more money, then it's like not good enough. And this, this is a marketing tactic. It's also, it's also just a way to, it is a marketing tactic and it's a way to influence people to see things to that person who has that quote success so that people will want to work with them. And I think that success is subjective. Success can be literally managing, like being a parent, having a nine to five and starting a side hustle business and being committed to working on that until 1030 at night, like three days a week. Success can be literally putting yourself out there, like really fucking putting yourself out there, sharing your story, showing up in a live, whatever it is, and no one showing up, but you fucking showed up and did what you said you were going to do. Success can be deciding that you don't need to spend thousands of dollars to invest in something because in your body, it feels like a no, even if that person's content is like repeatedly like, this is why I invest in mentorship. This is what you need to know before you hire a coach. And you feel like there's this unconscious grooming of spending money. Success can be boundary setting. Long story short, success is subjective. And I think when we start to ask people what they think, people are more familiar with what they think is not successful because it's almost easier to avoid something than to be like, well, this is what I think success is because then we always think success is something that we have to achieve. It cannot be a state of being. So that's something that I really want to bring forth to people. It's like, I have spent so much time in the last few years doing so much inner work, doing a lot of personal development work. Sometimes I thought I was doing more personal development work than I was actually growing my business. And I used to judge myself for that. And then I looked back and I realized, wow, Kayla, you really needed that so that you could show up. So that's another thing I wanted to share is that when I was doing a lot of that personal development work, I had to acknowledge myself like Kayla, you posted on Instagram today. Kayla, you hosted a four day live stream and you put your heart out there and you showed up and no one signed up for your program, like acknowledge yourself for believing enough that you could do that. And it's, it's success is not an end destination. And that's probably sounds so cheesy and cliche, but success is quite literally you being able to acknowledge yourself and own what it is that you think is valuable. Not what other people say is valuable, what you think is valuable. And so then we look at the story of time. And obviously it seems because of this day and age, if you do anything fast, then that is considered successful. If you run faster, if you jump higher, if you beat a time, that kind of shit goes in the world, the book of world records. You know what I mean? And so we're naturally like, oh, it needs to be done faster. If it's done faster, if it's more efficient, that's better. We look at like AI, we look at robots taking over the fucking world because 
they do things faster and because faster is better, but it's not. Okay. Some examples, you know, for once, an example of doing something slowly that actually works really well is like, if you're underwater and you hold your breath, if you can hold your breath longer then that is considered a success, it's all context, right? Or if you are going to have a barbecue in a couple of days and you're marinating your chicken, I'm pretty sure you marinating that like 24 to 48 hours before is better than 10 minutes before you put it on the barbecue. Like I'm giving these ridiculous examples, but I just, I just want to show like, oh, like how obvious it can be that time is subjective in terms of how we attach success to it. You know, like, for example, like, oh, if you achieve success earlier, like I've seen some Instagram virals where people are like 20, 25, and they're like self-made multimillionaire by 25. And it's like, oh, but if you said self-made multimillionaire by 75, you're going to get the same reaction. No, it's probably like, oh my God, it took them 75 years to become a millionaire. Like, why? What did they do wrong? This is just ridiculous how we we judge ourselves. There's such a rush and there's this lack of, there's like this lack, there's a lack of willingness to sit in the uncomfortability that it takes to actually experience growth and to fully learn every single lesson or challenge or barrier that may come up in front of us that will actually give us the tools and the foundation to create sustainable success because an overnight success usually isn't sustainable there's going to be holes in the process and I feel like for me because in my opinion it took me longer to be quote successful or to quote hit these milestones of six figures or five figure months and so on I look back and I'm like I feel like I have so much wisdom and it's funny because I'll talk about this my attraction sphere in the Venus sequence is gene key 48. And 48 is found in the splenic center. It has to do with safety, security, intuition, and physical awareness. Obviously, this is unconsciously defined. The attraction sphere is about the sexual wound, but it's also just like the kinds of relationships that you attract into your life. And 48 specifically is we have the shadow of inadequacy. We have the gift of resourcefulness, and then we have the city of wisdom. So what I've noticed is when I look at how I've attracted things through my business, I mean, I can look at relationships and I'm going to refer this to business because you know how I am with the gene keys, attracting situations or experiences in my business where I felt inadequate made me incredibly resourceful. When I started my business four years ago, I didn't know how to podcast. I didn't know how to like do a website, use a payment processor. I didn't know how to create an email sequence. Like I didn't know how to do anything. I literally did not know how to do anything. I was just like, I want to coach people. And I love doing this. I think that was like literally my mindset. And so it was through that inadequacy that I became resourceful and it's through being resourceful, which took time, allowed me to gain wisdom, which now I am here to share. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And I think saying that I wouldn't have it any other way, if you can say that for yourself, that is a form of self-love and self-respect. So that is my tangent for why success is subjective. And so is the time to get there related to it. And I want this to be a big fat reminder because I feel like this was the biggest judgment piece that I had towards myself in terms of, oh, I should have achieved this by now. Oh, I should have done this. Look at that person, this comparison trap. If we are comparing, it is, we're not being subjective. How can you be subjective in your own business? Because your own business is your business. 
So the last thing I will talk about in terms of my, my last final realization is why the ebbs and flows will never stop because entrepreneurship is a journey. I've shared my experience of the ebbs and flows that I've had in the last four years in terms of income. I've talked about this quite a bit on my podcast channel. And there's been months where I have not done any readings, didn't have any one-on-one clients. Like right now I'm working with one one-on-one client and soon I may not have any one-on-one clients for a while. Like it's just these ebbs and flows, you know, paying off debt, gaining more debt, gaining followers, losing followers, having more listens on the podcast channel, having less. The ebbs and flows never stop. And it's kind of like living life where we have good years and bad years. We have good days and bad days. We have challenging times. We have exhilarating times. I think that there has been this picture painted in the coaching industry that because we are self-employed and we have our own business, that we have full control, but we don't. And the growth and being grounded comes from how do we trust ourselves when we feel like we don't have control. And that is probably one of the biggest nervous system self-regulation questions and tools that you can use for yourself. Because when you can regulate yourself amongst a shitstorm, then that is ultimately how you will continue to be resilient and you will continue to be connected to your vision and your mission and you will continue to show up in a way that works for you and is authentic for you. So that's something that I, I want to normalize. I'm I'm really about normalizing all entrepreneurial journeys, whether it takes you three months to hit your goals, whether it takes 14 years, like whatever it is. And if there's the ebbs and flows in between that, maybe I quit your business for a while, you come back up, whatever it is. Like the point is that we're here on our own journey. And I think that when we can learn how to respect ourselves and respect each other and look at how we can be accessible, how we can be inclusive, how we can be transparent, that we're going to create a very healthy industry that's actually going to come back to the focus of humanity and connecting with the people that we want to work with and being able to serve them while having our needs met and transforming things like, you know, wage gaps when it comes to marginalized folks being able to have things be accessible when we're in completely opposite spaces in the world and the currency is obscene, like really looking at how can we lift boat, lift the boats with one tide, like, or what is it? I totally just butchered that quote. I'm not editing this out. Lift the tides, lift the boats, lift the ships with the tide. Oh my God. I'm sure you get what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm not, I'm not fixing that. So the point is, these have been some of the biggest realizations that I have had in the last four years of my business. And I am forever a student. I don't, I don't feel flattered when somebody says I'm an expert in human design and gene keys, because in my mind, an expert implies that there's nothing else to learn. And there's always something else to learn. There's so many things that I'm working on unpacking, looking at being more inclusive in terms of having things like transcripts or captions in my courses and so on. And looking at how I can create different modalities for learning for people who want to read, for people who want to watch videos or listen, really looking at, okay, how can I, what is the biggest impact I can make while being considerate of all different people? Because it all comes back to the Kayla in 2014 who experienced coaching and was like, I love this. I love the art of coaching. And I'm coming back to that and trusting that all forms of prosperity will come from having a full heart in regards to like 
loving coaching. So these, these, this is my story. I want to invite people to resonate with it or not, to agree with me or not. And if you don't agree with me, I'm proud of you because that means that you're valuing yourself and your own experience. And I think that that's really important and that there's space, there's always space for multiple truths to simultaneously exist in every world. And I want to hold space for that. So I'm going to take a minute to check out the chat. If anyone has any questions on the call that they want to ask, then I'm totally open to answering that now. Okay. Amazing. So resonate. Since I entered the coaching industry, I needed to not long after step back and do some inner work and let my training and everything sink in. And I look back and so glad I did. Yes. You are not the first person that I've met that has come into the industry and then stepped away and is still kind of marinating. Like, am I going to come back in? And there's no shame in that. That's actually amazing that you know how to set boundaries for yourself. And like, you know what you need because that's, what's going to be sustainable. Right. So that is, yes, exactly. So you can show up for yourself, your clients and your family and friends. And you also have 48 in the attraction sphere. I feel like, I think I have a six line, if I'm not mistaken, the three line, that experimenting, I can only imagine how much more intensified and that inadequacy feels with a three line. So I'm super glad that everyone enjoyed the conversation. If nobody has any questions, then I feel like I'm going to wrap things up. But I just want to thank even the listeners. This is obviously going to be on my podcast. I personally enjoyed coming live. I think for me, just feeling the energy of other people around the world joining in, that's really cool. And I think that it's a great way to connect with the community. If you have a podcast and you haven't done this, I highly recommend it. It's kind of like a two-in-one. You record your shit, you get to connect with your people. And it's like a non-barrier you know, access because it's free. Come and hang out. Let's have a conversation. That's the impact that I wanted to make. So I'm going to wrap up the recording and, and stop this, but I want to thank everyone on the podcast, everyone here for listening. Make sure you stay after I hit stop record because I'm actually not closing the call, just FYI. <laughs> but thank you for the listeners. If you can take a moment to subscribe to the channel and if you want to take a moment to leave a review, if you have any aha moments and you want to share with me, like feel free to reach out on Instagram. I've actually, I will say this. I had a chat with someone recently. And I was saying how on one of my episodes, I was like, you may have listened to every single episode and know so much about me and you've never talked to me. And I, and like, you feel like a weirdo if you came to say hi, like, that's not weird to me because I know people are listening and they know my life. So it's like the door is always open. I want to connect with the people that listen to this channel. And I think that that's important. I used to put people on a pedestal when I used to listen to their channel and be like, oh, I know everything about them, but they don't know who I am. Like, who am I to like reach out and say hi? I think that's a load of shit. So I just wanted to demystify that right now. Always welcome to come and say hi. And of course, I'm always here to continue sharing what I hope can support entrepreneurs. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. And I will chat with you in the next episode. <laughs>